0: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show... We are going to dive into the draft profile of Hunter Long. You're going to hear from our draft expert from BC Bulletin, Mitchell Wolf, who's going to tell us all about Hunter's strengths, weaknesses, what comps he, you know, what players he's comparable to, and what teams he thinks they could end, he could end up with. So that's going to be most of our show. It's going to kind of be our theme for the week as we head into the NFL draft, which is happening on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week, we're going to be looking at B.C. players and what their draft stock looks like. We're going to dive into all of the details on Hunter Long, Isaiah McDuffie, Max Richardson, and Max Roberts. If you want to get your information from the experts, head on over to our site and make sure that you listen to this podcast, and we're really looking forward to that. But first, we're going to always do what we always do, which is jump into the news. It was a quiet day in Boston College sports. However, there was some transfer news. It's, you know, with 1,400 players in college basketball on the portal and, some, and football players still moving around, it, there was some interesting transfer news. So let's start with football. I thought what was really important that we should know about is the NCAA has uh, approved waivers for all players, for next year, like if you want to transfer, you're free to do so. However, they have to do it by May 1st. So expect lots of players to start making their moves. And the one player that I noticed that made his move today was Matt Valachi, who is going to join Steve Adazio in Colorado State. Now, Valachi, we talked about him last week. You know, he was a third-string quarterback, great guy. Um, got to talk to him a lot during press conferences. But his his um his path to playing was pretty much blocked. You know, you have Grossell, you have Djokovic, and then you have some of these young kids coming in. He was never going to play at Boston College, so he had to make a business move. Now, I don't think going to play for Steve Adazio for a quarterback is the best move in the world. But, hey, if he gets a year or two of playing at Fort Collins – Hey, all the power to him. It's a beautiful college town. Um, hopefully he, he gets some success, I and I, I wish him the best because I think he's a great kid, and I think he's got a, a bright future ahead of him, whether it's football or not. So uh, he's going to be one of many Boston College players that have you know already transferred over to Colorado State. You see, you see the guys that aren't going to play really going over there. Adam Karutz, Elijah uh, Johnson, Cam Reddy. Mike Ciafoni. you got all these different guys that are going over and playing for Steve Adazio. So uh, Matt Velacci is the the newest one, and then we look at basketball. Basketball Kamari Williams, uh, a forward who, as I've said before, is one of the skinniest players I've ever seen play for Boston College. He's just like a rail. Uh, he's heading out. He made his transfer decision today, and he's going to play for. Miami of Ohio. So he's going to the max Mac level. I think it's a good fit for him. Um, You know, he didn't strike me as an ACC level player. You know, he has moments here and there, but um, he wasn't very consistent. But I think, you know, a a good change of scenery playing at the Mac level will be good for him. So he's going to be heading out as well. Other transfer news. I know some people have been looking at Ayunde Hyatt. I believe his name is from LSU. He has announced that he is going to transfer to Rutgers and then... Two new names have been linked to Boston College. Isaiah Brockington, a guard that played for Penn State. Uh, he averaged 12.6 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.6 assists, um, announced that he has um, been contacted by BC. He's also been contacted by Arkansas, BYU, George Washington, Iowa State, LaSalle, Providence, UMBC, and Wake Forest. So it's a tough group to to go against, but who knows? You know, in in the transfer portal, you know. All you have to do is to talk about playing time, and and you can get... some of these kids in. Now, speaking of transfer portal, one name that I saw, one person I saw, and I think I was correct, was I was watching the BC basketball um, Twitter account, and I saw, you know, they had pictures of Earl Grant practicing with some of the players, and it was with Justin Vanderbarn. I thought I saw Andre Adams with him, so it doesn't look like Andre Adams has entered the portal yet. I know some people have been asking about that. So Isaiah Brockington was one name you might want to watch for, and the second name that you're going to want to watch for in the transfer portal is Taron Todd of TCU. Now, he's another guard who's heard from St. John's, Butler, Arkansas, Boston College, New Mexico, BYU, Cal Berkeley, Fresno State, Wyoming, Vermont, Indiana State, Drake, Fordham, Northeastern, and Hofstra. That's according to Deshaun London of 247 Sports. So a couple new names on there. I still think BC still has about two or three more spots on the transfer portal. Depending on what happens with Andre Adams, James Karnick, and Fred Scott, which you don't have we don't have an answer on those players yet. And then the final piece of news is not about transfers, but it's about coaching. As uh, Ricky Brown, former Boston College uh, linebacker, he was a special teams coach under Steve Adazio, and he moved on to a, I think he was at um, a small school in Pennsylvania last year, like a, not a D1 school. Um, he has a new job, and he's going to be a quality. Um, control coach at Ohio State with Ryan Day, uh, Ricky Brown. I know a lot of the media was really big fans of him. He's a nice guy. I th- I, I he was a guy I kind of wish stayed around, though. I can understand with the troubles the special teams had, it was not probably a good fit for him to stick around. Uh, but he's going to be at Ohio State, so hopefully that'll be for him. You know, just as a BC alum, you want to see him succeed. Um, the step up to continue to build his career and move along. So Ricky Brown over to Ohio state. Now in a moment, we're going to talk to Mitch Wolf and I apologize. When I talk, there's a little bit of feedback. Um, Good news for you who listen to the podcast. I spent some, I got a good podcast set coming um, with new microphones and everything coming for tomorrow. So I'll probably have it for Wednesday show or Thursday's show. Um, I'm really excited because I think it's going to really improve the sound quality of my show. Uh, but there's a little bit of feedback on the Zoom, and I couldn't figure it out. Mitch and I were going back and forth. My I had my computer fixed r- earlier today, and the the sound system was going nuts. So I apologize. Hopefully we'll get this all settled for tomorrow's show. But um you can still hear it totally fine. Mitch sounds great and he does most of the talking, so enjoy. But before we do, let's talk about rockauto.com. Are you in the process of doing work on your car? Why spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Head on over to rockauto.com. They are a family business that serve auto parts customers online for 20 years. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com and you can search. For whatever you need for your car, whether it's control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. You name it, they have it. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. And when you head over to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car and truck. And make sure to write, locked on, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com Now let's chat a little bit about Locked On Today. It's a great podcast if you haven't checked it out yet. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here with me. I have Mitch Wolf. Mitch is one of our staff writers now on BC Bulletin. He's here to talk about the NFL Draft. This is attempt number three on our podcast to get Mitch on. Uh, I've just been messing up here. Uh, Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing great, AJ. Thanks for having me on. So we're going to talk about Hunter Long today. Now, Hunter Long. Um, if you're looking at some of the pre-draft reports out there, you get different people saying different things about Long's po- uh, potential. Now, uh, you have Chris Sims, who is a noted draft troll uh saying that hunter long is not even a top five draft pick on the other hand you have mel kuiper you know the expert who i learned today eats pumpkin pie every day for breakfast which i didn't know uh it's kind of odd uh put him as a potential uh number two draft pick in terms of the tight end and a possible first rounder mitch where are you thinking right now in terms of hunter where he stands what your thoughts are i'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that
0: well, I'm going to open up uh, by addressing the Mel Kuyper thing. The, the worst part is that the way he eats pizza is that he'll take the cheese off and replace it with mashed potatoes. But moving on to what we actually want to talk about, um, I'm definitely leaning more towards the Kuyper angle in that I think Long is certainly one of the top five tight ends in this draft class um, and probably uh, at least in top four. Um, I've been saying that I think Long is probably the most complete tight end in this draft class in terms of his ability as a blocker in both run and pass blocking, along with his route running, his catching, and his ability to create yards after the catch.
1: Now, one of the biggest knocks on uh, Hunter Long has been his uh, run blocking. I heard, I've seen people knocking him for that. What, if you've watched the film, what do you think about his ability to run, uh, to run block?
0: right so i've seen that from some people as well um i think i saw like matt miller who used to be the lead draft writer police report say like long wasn't really a blocker which was very surprising to me um because i think a lot of people will admit that at least that's one of long's strengths um i would say that he is a, a very solid run blocker and i think it's kind of hard because you know you want these tight ends to be super developed in terms of blockers in terms of how they are as blockers but you know i think like i've said long is so complete and that's and I think he's one of the most in his class. And I think that's because a lot of tight ends in college nowadays are used basically as giant wide receivers. We see that with Kyle Pitts, Pat Fireman to some extent, Revan Jordan is basically just a supersized slot receiver. Um, and I think like almost 80% of Revan Jordan's snaps come as a slot wide receiver. So, you know, a lot of these tight ends really aren't asked to block whereas long has been asked to do that in, you know, multiple different ways. Like he's asked to block, um as a guy setting the edge when he's on the line of scrimmage he's been asked to you know pull and slide in terms of split zone and pulling concepts um and I I I don't think he's you know he's not like a Rob Gronkowski level blocker he's not Lee Smith who's kind of basically just a undersized extra offensive tackle that's technically a tight end um but like I think that any team would be you know comfortable saying okay this guy is going to be our tight end on the line of scrimmage who's going to set the edge for our run game
1: yeah, you know, and I, th- I think that was an interesting point you brought up. So he's kind of – he kind of grades out a little differently than some of these other court, uh, t- tight ends, excuse me. Um, where in terms of, you know, we're talking about the top one through five and, you know, where he could fall. Where do you think of, you know, now that all the chips have fallen, you've seen pro days, you've seen, uh, like, their, their combine numbers. Where do you have Hunter Long right now, Mitch?
0: So I think the last time we really spoke about him, I think I said I had him early third round, and I think I'm still pretty solid on that. Um, I think I still think he's probably tight end four. I, I, I for me, I'd probably put him tight end three above Revan Jordan. Um, but I think the consensus is that he's probably closer to tight end four. Um, just because, like I said, you know, you can use him in so many ways. The, the butt of Hunter Long is that he probably isn't elite in any of his traits like you could probably like if you looked at all of his traits like his you know his his athletic ability his route running his catching his run blocking his pass blocking what have you you could probably find another tight end in the class that does every single one of those traits better but if you like averaged out their rankings in terms of like okay hunter long is you know he's second in this he's third in this he's second in this so on and so forth he would probably have one of the higher averages because, you know, if you look at a guy like Kyle Pitts, you know, he's obviously going to be like first in terms of route running and, you know, speed and all that, but he's probably going to be towards the lower end on run blocking. And even though Pitts is a serviceable blocker, but he's going to be lower on that. So my thing about Hunter Long is I think he has such a high floor and that he can contribute immediately. And a big thing about tight ends as draft prospects is that, when they come in tight ends tend to struggle to acclimate to the pro game quickly and that's because as a tight end you're basically being asked to play two positions at the same time and do them both effectively you're asked to be an effective offensive lineman and an effective wide receiver and like i said you know so many of these guys come from offenses in college where they're just in the wide receiver so adjusting to being a blocker is hard alternatively you know if you're from a tight end from like somewhere like iowa you know you're not usually asked to you know be beating nfl level defenders as a receiver, where I think Hunter Long can, I think he'll be able to get on the field early and be able to succeed early because he has experience doing both. And I think that his
1: learning curve is not going to be as steep as some of these other players in this class. So that's interesting. So in a moment, we're going to talk more with Mitch Wolf about Hunter Long, but before we do, we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to talk to Mitch uh, about possible fits for Hunter Long. I'm going to ask him a little bit about some of the concerns he has about Hunter Long's style and maybe some challenges he may have in the NFL. And we're going to look in a little bit more about his draft stock. But before we do, let's talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. All you need to do is head on over to betonline.ag and use welcome bonus locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's locked on. You put $100 down you're going to get $50 from betonline.ag. That's a win right there. Head on over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th to May 1st. This is Locked On Boston College. With me, I have Mitch Wolf. We're talking about Hunter Long, and we're getting ready for the NFL Draft, which is going to be held this weekend. The first round on Thursday, the second round on Saturday, a uh, second and third round on Saturday, and the others on Sunday. Uh, Hunter Long is going to be uh, attending the draft virtually, which means that when he's picked, he's going to probably zoom in and um, you know either hold up a hat or something like that. But he will not be at the actual event. So. Mitch and I were talking in the last segment about Hunter Long. We're looking at, you know, what his route, you know, some of the things that is going to make him into a good NFL tight end and some of the things that maybe might knock him down a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to talk about with Mitch, what are your concerns about Hunter Long heading into the Like as an NFL player, what are some things that could really kind of take his, his game down a little bit? So I think
0: that, in terms of I think my biggest concern when I was re-watching some film today is that and this is kind of the concern you get with most tight ends is, you know how well is he going to be able to separate against NFL talent and you know I think Hunter Long does a good job of being able to make contested catches when he's asked to Um, and you know he's able to generate separation on longer routes but you know how is he going to be able to move and separate quickly against NFL linebackers and defensive backs and I think that you know if you looked at his pro day numbers in terms of his agility drills, the shuttle and three cone, you know, you could see that they were like a little less than you'd want them to be or a little higher than you want them to be. It's supposed to be the right wording. Um, so that, that gives me a little bit of pause, but I still think that given his size and his understanding of leverage, he should be okay. Um, I think, I think there are concerns with his blocking. I think he's good or, you know, good to solid. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, if he's asked to, you know, block Miles Garrett one-on-one on the edge, you know, that could be a problem. But, you know, so, you know, I think there will be some growing pains with that. You know, if he's facing off against, you know, starting NFL edge defenders, you know, he might have to take his licks a little bit to begin. So I think I think part of that is going to be, is going to have him adding some weight and getting a little more muscular and stronger. Because I think he's, so he's listed at 254. So I think, you know, an NFL team should be able to pack on about, you know, five to 10 pounds of muscle to him, and that should make him an effective, a more effective blocker
1: in both the pass and the run game. So, Mitch, one of the things that you talked about with me, and uh, we, we went over this on our site, and I'd like to get your perspective on the air, and you can check out Mitch's work on bcbulletin.com. You know, what are some teams, each team has their you know, specific styles and how they use their tight ends. What teams do you think of for Hunter Long as good fits in the NFL?
0: Yeah. And that's a really great point is that, you know, and that's the the case with most draft prospects is they're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And luckily for a guy like Hunter Long, you know, like I said, he's very complete, so he should be able to fit most schemes. But um, in the article I wrote, I mentioned that uh, the Washington football team, the Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Los Angeles Chargers were four teams that I was really looking at. Um, But the one I think is definitely my favorite fit so far um, would be the Tennessee Titans. And, the reason why is because they just lost Johnny Smith, who was their starting tight end for the last few years. Uh, he signed a big deal with New England. So they don't really have any kind of young guys at the tight end position there that can be a dynamic uh, player. And obviously the Titans love to run the ball. They, it's Their offense is relatively similar to what, uh, the, what BC was running with Steve Adazio. Um, so I think Hunter Long would be especially effective in that offense because he can be that blocker on the edge but he can also be effective in the pass game. And a lot of what Tennessee likes to do is run their players on crossing routes off of play action. And if you watch BC, that's a big part of their offense in both the C Dazio and the Jeff Hapley or Frank Signetti years. Um, you see Hunter Long like running these deeper and mid-level crossing routes. And, you know, he's got a good sense of kind of where, how to adjust his routes, making small adjustments to them to, you know, get around defenders and find open spots. Um, in, against various types of coverages. So, and like, and we've talked about, you know, after the catch, you know, he's a big guy and he's got pretty good straight line speed. So, if you get him in the open field with a full head of steam, he's going to be able to pick up some yards after contact. So, like I said, I think Tennessee would be the team that I would be most interested to see him go. And obviously, he's got the BC connection with uh, uh, Tyler Vrabel's dad, Mike, who's the head coach there. So, I think he'd be interested in bringing uh, a guy that lined up next to Tyler quite a bit onto his
1: team. Yeah, I was yes. gonna say uh Mike Vrabel has seen him up close and personal, so he, he knows exactly how uh Hunter plays and is and and he's got the inside information. I saw Mike at the at the spring right. game too, he was uh he was there at this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh so that's good. So we we're gonna we're gonna mark that down. Watch for Hunter along with the Tennessee Titans. Now I think they're pick eighty five
0: in the third uh, round. I think that could be that could be that could be the like If I had to pick one spot
1: for Hunter Long to go, I think that's the one I would pick. Eighty-five. Hear it here first. So, uh, we got Mitch's just pick. So, um, you know, we've talked to Mitch. Right, I think we talked to Mitch right around the senior bowl about Hunter, and we we looked at potential um, comps. So, player comps. So, what players does he have similar styles to? And I thought, you know, we talked about that months ago. Let's talk about it again. Maybe, you know, maybe there's more film that Mitch has checked out. Mitch, who are some NFL comparable players to Hunter Long?
0: So I think the first guy that I gave you was Cameron Brait, who is the tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think that that one still fits. But, you know, when I look back at Cameron Brate, I realized, okay, he's actually pretty thin. He's only about 240 pounds. So Hunter Long has got to beat. and I think he's going to pack on some more. And I think in terms of when I'm watching Hunter Long, the thing that kind of sticks out at, about him is his kind of upright running style, and and that kind of contributes to his um, a little bit of his stiffness in terms of his uh, agility. Um, so when I see that, I kind of think of guys like Jack Doyle, who's a tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, who's again kind of their inline tight end, used as a blocker mostly, but you know still a pretty effective receiving option. Uh, I also like uh, this is a bit of lofty, but Greg Olson, who was a tight end in the NFL for a very long time, um, used in a lot of different ways. I think that's kind of Hunter Long's ceiling, if I had to guess. Um, Another guy, Kyle Rudolph, uh, kind of a bigger tight end for the Vikings and he just signed the Giants. Um, Mostly a blocker, but still effective as a receiver. So I think, and then my most recent comp, I think was Austin Hooper, who is a tight end for the Browns. Um, So I think any of those guys would be um, accurate comparisons for Hunter Long and his career in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think, What's what will make him stand apart is is his ability to receive be a receiver and um you know he showed so much of that last year. Mitch, any last thoughts on Hunter Long before we head out for for the for the afternoon?
0: Uh, no. I, th- I mean, I think that again, I think I talked about his ability to contribute immediately. I think something that's going to stick out for a lot of coaches is going to be his ability to contribute on special teams. You know, Hunter Long played as you know a blocker for field goals, a blocker for punts, and even like as a gunner a bit on kickoffs. So I think that. A lot of coaching staffs, you know, they really like guys that can contribute on special teams. Um, and so I think that's going to help Hunter Long in a way that's similar to some of the other BC guys we'll talk about later this
1: week. Mitchell, Wolf, thank you for being on. You can follow Mitchell's work on bcbulletin.com along with my work as well. And you can follow Mitch on Twitter at Mitchell T. Wolf. Mitch, we'll see you again tomorrow. We're going to talk about Isaiah McDuffie, a player that I, you know, more and more, Team seem to be more interested in what he's able to do. So we're going to talk about Isaiah McDuffie's uh, draft profile. Mitch, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, AJ. And this is uh, AJ Black. We are going to be back again tomorrow again to talk more about the NFL draft. We'll have more news. We'll jump into anything uh, big going on in recruiting and all the BC news and analysis that you expect from Lockdown Boston College. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care.